0: SBC Media.
1: Hello and welcome to Cinema Reels, the gambling movie podcast where we talk about which films featuring poker, betting and casinos are a best but and which ones are the cinematic equivalent of dead money? I'm Jessica Wellman, editor of SBC Americas. Joined by my fellow film buffs, uh, SBC Commercial Meet Director for Media, John Cook. I butchered that one, didn't I, John?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> but you <milled>
1: close <laughs> enough. And our our media editor, James Ross. Uh, hello and welcome, guys. Um, today's movie is. Quite literally, a movie about a casino, and it's called Casino. So before we dive into this movie, I want to know, James, what is your favorite casino?
2: This is a bad one for someone who works in the gambling sector. Are
1: you going to tell us you've never been in a casino?
2: No, close to that. I've been in one casino <laughs> my whole life, um, and that was Manchester 325, I think it is. Um, unless you count the casino on GTA Online. <laughs> I've been in that one. Wow. But I love that you can.
1: The Grand Theft Auto casino? That's what uh, we're working with?
2: Yeah, that's a standard, John. You've got to reach to right now for your answer.
0: Yeah, I think I can smash that.
1: Now, can you do better than a fake <laughs> casino in a video game, please?
0: I want a lot of money in that fake casino. I think I can. I think I can. Uh, <laughs> I won't do any Macau. I kind of like the Marina Bay Sands in Singapore, but that's less about the casino and more about the views. Um, but my favourite casino, I did tell you earlier, it was the New Frontier in Vegas, but I think I lied on that point. My favourite one is the Golden Nugget on Fremont Street. And okay. Primarily because that was Sinatra's last venue to play at, and I'm a huge Sinatra fan.
1: They, I like it there because they have the swimming pool with the sharks.
0: They do. Uh,
1: so you can swim and through the glass see the sharks swimming around you, which is really fun.
0: Yeah, there's another reason I like that one as well. It's a little bit, it's like seedy Vegas still. It's like real yeah, Vegas. Yeah, downtown
1: is still like old school yeah. vibe. Yeah, uh, mine like is that. also in Vegas and is also not on the Strip. Uh, as someone who lived in Vegas for 13 years, you find that you spend most of your time in what are called locals casinos they're not really designed for the tourists and that sort of thing and there's one called south point that uh is kind of cowboy central there's an equestrian center for when the rodeo comes it's whenever i got homesick for the south i go to south point and be like ah my people uh it also was just somewhere i would go not even just for gambling it had a movie theater in it which was always the closest movie theater to my house so i would go see movies there you can also look on my my hand and mob of poker results and see there was a stretch where i played the nightly at south point every day for like a month in the poker tournaments so between that and movies and the fact that for quite some time the only stake and shake in town was inside south point that is why it is my favorite Um, I think all of our real and video game casinos kind of have in common (laughs) this idea of like old Vegas, which is kind of fitting when we talk about the movie that we're going to talk about, Casino. Here's your warning, listeners at home. We're about to spoil a movie from 1995. So if you haven't gotten around to seeing it in the past 30 years, Turn off now because we're going to talk about what happens in it. All right, now that that is out of the way, here's a little bit of an overview. Casino is the fictionalized adaptation of the story of Frank Lefty Rosenthal and the Stardust Casino, as told in the book Casino: Love and Honor in Las Vegas by Nicholas Pileggi. In the film version, it's Ace Rothstein who serves as the mob oversight of a skimming operation at the fictional Tangiers Casino. And while the operation produces millions for the mob, the greed of others like Ace's childhood best friend Nikki Santoro and his wife Ginger threaten everything Ace and the Vegas empire the mafia has built. I think that covers kind of the gist of this movie, so let's just dive right in. John, Mm. you seem like a Scorsese guy. Yeah. Did you enjoy this movie?
0: Uh. Yeah, considering I won the quiz from from last time show, I I kind of chose the movie. So I chose it because I think uh, Scorsese is just. I think his cinematic uh, skill is the ability to use so many different techniques in so many different ways, and join them together seamlessly, without without it looking too staccato and too uh, mashed together, I suppose, is a good phrase. But I just think this film is glorious. From the opening sequence to the end of the film, I am embedded in the world of Casino.
1: I see James frustrated. Yeah. Smiling, so James, I'll let you go before I give my thoughts on the opening sequence in particular.
2: Yeah, so, i was sigh.
1: There's a lot. Um, there will be a lot of <laughs> exasperated sighs in this podcast. I can tell yeah. you.
2: <laughs> i right, um, James. Yeah, so, so I actually regret watching this film again because when we've when John first said we we're going to watch this film and he chose it, I was actually really excited. I remember when I was younger. Uh, I think. It's certainly my university days loved it watching it back now and john mentioned from the first introduction of the film i'm like it has one of the worst cuts in a film ever when to start off that film where de niro gets into the car and it blows up and it cuts it's so visible there's a mannequin in the car <laughs>
0: like oh i missed that i'm gonna have to rewatch it's
2: so so obvious that that, that the mannequin. It, because it's not a clean cut either. Like it's such a shift in a cut that like the car even moves, and then you got the mannequin in there. And yeah, I just I thought I like Scorsese and I like the the I like some of the films he's done in the past, but he's broke. One of the biggest r- rules in kind of like telling a story with um, Casino: show your story, don't tell your story. And there was too much narration throughout this story.
1: You know what the first sign of a weak screenplay is? Too much voiceover.
0: You guys are so wrong. I get your point. (laughs) I get your point. But
1: there's a lot of voiceover. There's
0: so much Yeah, there is, but there is so much detail that has to be put into this because
2: when you've got three hours to tell it.
0: Yeah, three hours to tell it, and it could have gone on longer. I mean, it's loosely based (laughs) on it's loosely based on a on a true story. Um, I say loosely because actually I, I researched a little bit more. I need to read the book. I genuinely need
1: to I, read the I do. The book. Mm. the book looks interesting. I'm intrigued by it. I've heard stories about the stardust from some of my friends in Vegas before, and it seems like it was such an institution that I would like mm. to learn more about it. This is where I'm going to say something that will upset movie lovers and John alike. <laughs> I don't particularly like Martin Scorsese movies. I find he's very overwrought. I think to to John's point, he's right. He throws you know everything in the kitchen sink in his movies in terms of technique, and I feel like a lot of times he does it just to do it versus to drive narrative point. Yeah, and so of. this is the thing. Uh, my favorite filmmakers. I like really efficient storytelling. I like really subtle storytelling. I like movies in which we give a crap about the women in them. So in general, Martin Scorsese movies are not designed to appeal to me.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, I like, agree.
1: Here's the, the opening credits was where I immediately was like, oh my God, I forgot how much I dislike this director. And Casino was actually one, like James, I'd watched it before I even moved to Vegas and remembered it being... I was like, well, it's better. I liked it more than Goodfellas at the time, I remember thinking, even though it's essentially a spiritual sequel to Goodfellas in many ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, rewatching it, I was like, oh, no, I vastly overrated this movie. It's terrible. Um, and the opening credits, you have Saul Bass, who, for those who are not movie old movie people, Saul Bass is responsible for every amazing opening credit scene in film history. He did Vertigo. He did West Side Story. He did everything. You have Saul Bass in 1995. He's still hanging on and you get him to do the opening credits for your movie and you just have him redo Vertigo. You have a body (laughs) spinning in the air over fire and that's what you're going to waste Saul Bass's talent on is just ripping off himself. I I was so angry at that that it just set me in a bad space that I have in my notes The first time I checked how much time is left in this movie was nine minutes and 30 seconds in. Wow because I was already just like, God, this is gonna take forever, isn't it He also I hate Martin Scorsese's scores a lot because they're just very oh. operatic and over dramatic and like in many ways it's he's almost campy to me. I find him campy John's so on the. F- John's dead. Angry. Everybody, I apologize. I killed him.
0: I'm just. You're, you're wrong. Particularly. <laughs> sorry. To a minute to gather
1: your butts, <laughs> but apparently, you're not. no.
0: <laughs> you're wrong, particularly about the music. The music, the whole. So, there is no score in this film. It's not a score. It's a selection of music that is picked to. Emphasize each character and the transition that they're taking. So it's it the opening sequence, particularly in terms of the massive classical music. I can't even remember who I meant to look up who it was, but the classical music going in there, it was just emphasizing like opulence and yeah, 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 I see your face. But it's just like the opulence of the situation, the gravity of what's just happened, and it's telling you this is where it's going to end. But then you're then moaning about the storytelling. Last week we had nothing and we dropped in at 10,000 feet. Now you're saying we've got too much. But it gave us the insight into each characterization because each character is very defined and they have a hugely problematic background. Each character is interwoven with each other because it is essentially a true story. You have to detail the different elements of each character. That's why you get so much storytelling. And with Scorsese, one of the things that he does, I agree with you, you can't necessarily get someone to turn around and go, I know, let's do a photocopy and change the colour. But with Scorsese, what he does in a load of his films, you mentioned Goodfellas, he has subtle links throughout the films that make sure that people know Scorsese. And then he has the really obvious ones. The ones which is like, oh, I've done this before. But I think that's deliberate.
1: Yeah. And lots, you know, Tarantino is this way. And I think there's an argument, are you, this is your style and this is what you do? Or are you ripping yourself off? Um, You know, to me, I just felt like, this movie felt like a. it was slapped together from various things I'd seen already. Um, I've got to say, what makes me the angriest about this movie <laughs> is the character of Ginger. Uh-huh. We meet Sharon Stone, and she is she's on top of her game. She knows everybody's name. She knows exactly how to win people with sweetness versus anger. And... She's very sharp and fun and her, her, you know, I can't judge. She has bad taste in men. I know plenty of successful women with bad taste in men. But other than that, she doesn't have a lot of, like, f- big failing faults. She's a little greedy. She has a crappy boyfriend. And then over the course of this movie, she just kind of shows up says things. There's one scene where she's like a little sauced and somebody's like, hey, you should cut back on the drinking. And then before I know it, she has the worst 80s haircut I've ever seen and she's doing blow (laughs) in front of her child. And I was like, where on earth did this come from? And then the rest of the movie, she's just like a screaming, greedy, monster, super villain who ties her own child to a bed and locks her in her room. I was, where did that come from? There's no explanation of her character development. James, I think I heard you say something when I mentioned Ginger, so I'll let you get in here.
2: Yeah, so considering I heard before I rewatched the film again that she was nominated for an Oscar for this film, I, watching that performance, I felt no connection towards the character at all. She just felt like a a macho man's film damsel in distress who's just troubled and needs a man to cling onto. there was no real connection between her character for Ginger and Sam. And even when they were going through this whole marriage thing, she even said to Sam, I don't love you. You know, I'll never love you. I just like the money. And Sam's trying to convince her like, yo, no, I'll give you a good life. You'll learn to love me. And I'm just, that's just doomed to fail from the get-go. And I just lost any, any interest in Ginger's character from that And they had the on. same
1: argument 15 times, yeah.
2: Right? And it, it, is, it is that jump all the time of, like you said, she she ends up having a drinking problem. Now she's doing blow in the kitchen and now she's just in a hysterical mess. And then, uh, again, we'll probably get to the end of the film, but then she's with Nikki, doing stuff with Nikki. And I'm just like, why? There's no progression there. There's no reason to do some of these things. Well, you hate the person you married, so what? You don't have to go to an extreme length of the stuff that you're doing.
1: Well, and then we get so much voiceover from Sam Ace that he gets called both things. We get so much voiceover from Nikki. Even random lackey Frank gets a voiceover at one point in time. But I never get to hear where Ginger is coming from in all of this. I was like, why doesn't she get a voiceover?
2: I never thought of that. That's a really good point.
1: John's nodding. He may actually agree with us on something about this movie. (laughs) Let's find out.
0: I think... I think the character of Ginger um, is a little bit underexplained, but I think there are subtle references throughout the film to her backstory, but potentially everyone misses because I did quite a lot of research into the, the fact-check of the people because I found out it was a, a real a real movie, so I did a bit of research around it. And there are some scary undertones in here with the the nasty boyfriend the Lester Diamond character played by James Wood where this is what I mentioned to you guys earlier on he he basically groomed her from a really young age he met her when she was 14 15 and he Mm -hmm. says in the film do you remember when we first got together when you were 15
1: oh okay
0: and he is a controlling is a controlling character over her life and he's basically groomed her to to be in a certain way um, and then she's basically running the con she's a con woman and she's yeah. running the con and the reason she's getting married to Sam Ace whichever name he's wants to be called this week um, the reason she marries him is part of the con but then there's this kind of bizarre almost love in there but it's a love for the money and the riches and the clothes and everything that that she can get out of it. But, all of that saying there is a bit of a story there, it's actually quite insulting of you just to ignore her in that sense and just make her this, uh, well, Disney witch to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, she turns into a shrew at the <laughs> yeah. end. Like a she crazy does. shrew.
0: But part of that is actually part of her history as a person.
1: Yeah, and I get she's a real person. It's just... But I will say... You know, I think about it and I look at like the Nikki character and beyond just him being greedy for power, for money, for everything, I don't know much about him either beyond he's greedy and violent and he has a voiceover and I'm still just like, yeah, yeah, I guess. sure.
0: I think think you've switched off. I don't mean that insultingly. I just think you've switched off in the film because they actually tell you exactly who he is. He's just become a made man. He's just been moved over into Vegas to keep an eye on Sam, who's his childhood friend. He's there to basically make sure that the money gets back and make sure that the money's coming through for the Chicago bosses. His character in itself, he 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 was also a made man. He was a real person. He was a nasty person. And I'll go through the real fact checks in a bit. But um, the character is based on, and I'm not sure I'm saying this right, but... It's Anthony Spiletto, or Spiletro, one of the two. I think I've written it damn wrong. I
1: think it's uh, it's it's S-P-I-L-A-T-R-O. Spilatro was how I was saying it.
0: Spilatro, yeah, yeah. Anthony Spilatro. So he's actually a real gangster that was based there. And and yeah, a lot of the things that happened during the film to him and a lot of the things that he did um, are, are real things. And I think Scorsese's gone into the detail to pick out Certain bits of detail of certain characters, but they're not well rounded. So I do agree with you; it's not a well rounded character. The voiceovers are there to uh, fill in the idiots like me, <laughs> um, who actually listen to them, because I I kind of get that. for you guys are clever, right? I kind of get the feeling you just kind of a bit bored of the voiceovers. Those they're there to fill; they're there to fill in the gaps. I think, but it doesn't quite do it properly. Not there to fill in the mistakes post production. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe that too.
1: No, but like Scorsese has a lot of voiceover in a lot of his movies. It's Mm. just something he loves a good, you know, inner monologue and whatnot. Um, I will say, going back to um, performances, I think now would be a good time to kind of talk about our favorite and our least favorite. Because like Joe Pesci, I've always I always enjoy Joe Pesci and things. I will say him reading voiceover sounds like he's reading a grocery list. Like he's not great. He's great in scenes, but in he's like. And then I was told that I had to go to the place, and then I had to shoot the guy, and so I shot the guy. Like the tone of it was very monotone.
0: do you think that Pesci, you need? You need to see him. You need to see him to get the characterization of his voice.
1: Yeah. I, I think he just needs people to bounce off of too, because his reactions are what I enjoy the most about him.
0: Yeah. yeah. And that's that's part of what, what takes away... I, I actually think you're right. The way that he speaks is relatively monotone. But if you were to shut your eyes or just play the film over speakers without seeing him you probably notice that throughout the film that he's actually pretty monotone and the only thing that happens is the volume goes up or it goes down
1: james was there a a performance that stuck out to you as terrible
0: um
2: we've already talked about ginger so i'll probably go to her i'm not i don't really think joe pesci's performance was terrible in the film i'm a big fan of his to be honest i kind of did like him not a fan of the voiceovers. I don't think there's anything that stood out in terms of just being bad. Um, but I was actually quite disappointed in kind of how average
0: Robert De Niro was in the film. Totally.
1: You agree, John?
0: That's my only complaint of the film. That's my only complaint of the film, De Niro. Yeah. He is just kind
1: of like, I mean, he just. Stands and watches people For probably 30 minutes of this movie I have a note here How many cigarettes do you think De Niro had to smoke Over the course of filming Because every shot is just him Patiently watching someone smoking a cigarette
2: Don't they have like the
0: They have the herbal cigarettes don't
1: they, they do I don't know if in 95 Like this this was a thing
0: I doubt they did back then I reckon they were proper cigarettes
1: Yeah I was just like, God, It's a lot of cigarettes, man. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah,
1: he is. I mean, he's always kind of stoic in a lot of roles that he does, but this is just like peak stoic.
0: Don't you think De Niro's a bit like Harrison Ford though? They play the same character all the time. time They play the same character. It doesn't matter what role they're doing, it's the same character.
1: I think De Niro, I see in kind of two different roles. He's the very quiet lots of nodding lots of internalized performing but then he also loves like a flashy really out there like taxi driver kind of performance you know like mm. he likes he he has those roles where he goes really big too
2: so would you say De Niro and casino is the exact same De Niro in Meet the fuckers
1: can you milk a cat, Greg?
0: Facial facial expressions, <laughs> facial expressions. Facial expressions, the way in which he holds himself. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah.
1: It's very similar. Totally. I,
0: I I'll give you that. Yeah. I'm just I'm just not a fan of of these two. I'm not a fan of Harrison Ford and not a fan of Robert De Niro in particular. But I love the films they're in. By the way, I have I have a serious question to ask here. Either Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro have something on Scorsese, or Scorsese has something on them. Because, seriously, they do too many movies together. Someone has to have something on somebody to get them to do these films. I think it's chem- it would be more the chemistry success.
1: Who convinced any of them to make, like, The Irishman, right? That was a movie that never needed to exist.
2: <laughs> oh, I watched 30 minutes of The Irishman and stopped.
1: I mean, it's like five hours long. It should have been a mini series. I tell people when I watched it, I would tell people, I was like, watch until this part, then take a break till the next night. Then watch this chunk, and then the next night you can watch this final chunk. Yeah, it is. And they do kind of, I, I get it. Like, let's get the gang back together, you know? It's, it's a sequel without being everything but name.
0: I know we're digressing here, but The Irishman, seriously, you're right. It didn't need to exist, but
1: it costs like $200 million.
0: Yeah, I know. But there are films that you sit and you're like, oh, I didn't quite get that. I need to watch this again. There is no chance I'm ever going to put my life back into that film. <laughs> no chance. Mini series. you're right. Yeah.
1: I It took me, because I watch all the Best Picture nominees, it took like five tries before I could get all the way through it, because I was like, this is brutal. Um, yeah, I... I, I've always said Martin Scorsese's biggest issue is that his movies are too long. All of them are just too long. Okay, let's flip this. We kind of established what I was going to say about why this is my favorite performance in this movie. Everybody's kind of doing their thing in this movie. James Woods is playing the guy James Woods always plays, Pacino, or uh, De Niro, Sheeran Stone, Joe Pesci. The guy who is doing the exact opposite of what he normally does is Don Rickles, and I could watch it, for like I want a whole movie about Mr. Sherber. I want Don Rickles. Like why wasn't like why wasn't he in nine Martin Scorsese movies? Maybe I would like them better. But I was here for everything about Don Rickles in this movie.
0: So the thing I found most interesting about Don Rickles and I should have held this back earlier this week cuz it would have blown, blown James's mind is he is so versatile that he played Mr. Potato Head in the Disney films. He Whoa, is not... that,
2: was, that was a really fake one. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that
0: was a really fake really <laughs> one. <cool. laughs>
1: What's funny to me is I, I can tell we are different ages, James, because I was like, who do you mistake Don Rickles for? Who are you? Like, oh, I thought <laughs> that guy was the guy who voiced Mr. Potato Head.
0: But... He he is. You're right. You're right. It's completely different to. It's completely different to what we expect to see him in. He, he's like the. He's like a. It's not a hate comedian, but he's just really. He's just. He's based a lot of his comedy based on just.
1: He's an insult comedian, is what they
0: taking the Mickey it. out of it. Everyone. He was a
1: Vegas headliner.
0: He was you know, a Vegas he was headliner. Part of this, scene. and he knew. He knew Frank Lefty Rosenthal. I can't even say his name now rosenthal there you go um he knew him he'd met him he was on the show he was on the tv show that they put in there so
1: that tv show part is that was the one piece of this movie that i just love the abrupt right turn of and then we made we gave him a tv show because that is what happened but it's just so like funny and out there and, and that is a good sequence i think
0: but that's kind of the thing about vegas right you know people say only it can only happen in vegas that comes from stuff like that. It's
1: true. It can only happen. There
0: are also things. I've been in Vegas when it's been the coldest it's ever been, and then I've been in Vegas when it's been the hottest it's ever been. I've been in Vegas when there were hailstorms, and you just don't get that. You don't understand that sort of stuff. And you're still out in shorts having fun doing things and and just forgetting forgetting what real the real world is like. Only in Vegas can these things happen. But, yeah, you're right. Dom Rickles is amazing.
1: Any other standout performances?
0: I kind of like Pesci, although okay. I slagged him up earlier. I kind of like him. I actually really like Sam Elliott.
2: Um, I think he played the commissioner of the gambling regulator. Okay. Um, I'm a big fan of Sam Elliott, and I just feel like every time he comes on screen, he just brings that aura and kind of authority to him and to kind of very few scenes that he was in, one of them was with Robert De Niro, and we've already said how average his performance is, but he's such a big actor. To outshine De Niro, I think kind of is a standout performer for me. So I'd say Sam Elliott.
1: I like it. Mm. All right. John, I usually I'm the one fact checking the gambling in this podcast, but you've done the (laughs) research here. So I'm I will get my quick fact check out of the way, and then you can tell us what is right and wrong about this movie. Uh, Ace in the movie is an extremely successful sports better. He bets and the line moves. This is exactly how it used to work. Um, Lefty Rosenthal was an extremely successful sports better, So all of that was accurate. Um, And then for everything else, I didn't particularly spot anything that seemed egregious in terms of the table games that were played. Uh, I did have... Here's one note about how Vegas has changed. I said in my notes, you know what's changed about Vegas? No one's parking a camper in a bougie neighborhood without security getting called within 20 minutes because these campers are like posted outside of people's homes in Las Vegas. Mm. The home in general was kind of wacky to me. It's this giant... Giant house, but the kitchen is like the size of one you'd see in a small apartment. <laughs> it's like five by ten feet or something. And I'm I'm not married. I don't. I can't. They sleep in this like very like pink fluffy bed. You you folks are married. Are, do does the wife call the shots in terms of your bedding? And you sleep in a Barbie bed.
2: I, sleep. I don't sleep in a Barbie bed, but uh, she definitely calls the shots on the color scheme and it, at the moment it's very pa- uh, parrots and jungle so okay yeah
0: oh that's kind of um that's kind of like my house to a certain extent is that we've got uh we've got pineapples and hawaiian themes but yeah the wife goes to shops okay i can't wait I do to visit work.
1: you guys because it sounds like you're both living in disney's jungle cruise or something but anyway yeah.
2: the, t- the toucans are annoying
0: i know <laughs>
1: All right, John, tell us, what's right and wrong about how Vegas was depicted in this movie?
0: Yeah, there's less of a fact check around the the gambling, but there's certainly a fact check around the story. So if you think about the the main characters, particularly the main five, um, who are played by James Wood, Don Rickles, uh, Joe Pesci, Sharon Stone, and Robert De Niro, all of them are based on real characters. And every... There are certain things within the film which are actually based on true uh, things that happened, and most of it came from um, Lefty Rosenthal's uh, own admissions. So he did actually he did actually bring a lot of the the real life to the story after after all of the Chicago mob were locked up. So it's the film as we know is inspired on the life of Frank Lefty Rosenthal who managed the Fremont the Hacienda the Stardust um all in the all in the 70s and 80s so it wasn't just one casino he looked after it was it was many um the the actual casino we're talking about is reportedly uh, the Stardust apparently for legal reasons you can't say is it actually the Stardust um but i think that's long term gone i think 30 years past is fine um so rosenthal did not have a license he never had a license hence why they moved him around and hence why the tv show did actually exist and all of the different roles that he did actually exist so that was quite good he did actually survive a car bombing um hit many of the murders that happen in the film actually happened in real life including
1: um, that brutal cornfield one
0: well that was so
1: it's based off. It's based off his brother, I believe. No, it's based off him. of both
0: of yeah. them. It was based off of both of them. So it wasn't. They weren't actually uh, beaten to death in a cornfield. They were beaten to death in the house, in the basement of a house, and then buried in a cornfield. Um, so both of them did die, and they were buried alive. Alive. Um, so they were beaten Ugh. to death and buried alive. And also, um, anyone who's really squeamish, um, the I've forgotten the mafia the mafia members name but the guy who was basically in the vice and his eye popped out that what did actually that? happen <laughs> and that did actually happen apparently in the stardust um or in a hotel not the stardust the other one which i found really quite fascinating which is an admission is the gambling um con men who are basically counting cards and signaling each other across the group across the room It wasn't just two people. This had been going on for months and months and months and months. Um, And when they finally captured them, uh, reportedly they were taken into a back room and had their hands smashed with a hammer. Um, But it wasn't a metal hammer. It was a rubber hammer because rubber doesn't cut the skin, but it breaks the bones. How horrible is that to think about?
1: I love that someone figured that out and is like, I'm going to keep that in the mm. thought bank next time I need to bash a man's hand in.
2: Yeah. That was quite terrifying hearing that in John's voice. I'm not going to lie. I know. He's,
1: it was like, it was very like calm audiobook reader, <laughs> And that's why it's more successful to smash a hand. In. <laughs> um,
0: it's because my wife watched so many murder programs. I'm I'm picking up the oh, voiceover technique. I
1: do fall asleep to the dulcet tones of murder pods. So I can yeah. judge.
0: Um, I've got one final one, and I think I mentioned it earlier on, but the Frank Rosenthal TV show did actually happen. Um, he is famed to have said that he was most disappointed in the casino film because he would never be seen dead juggling um, <laughs> where he juggles in the show. But he, he appeared on that show with Don Rickles and Frank Sinatra on the same show, and Don Rickles and Frank Rosenthal did not get on. Oh. Uh, so it's very interesting that um Dom Records is in this is in this uh well reportedly didn't get on. It's very interesting that he's in this show, in the the movie. Um but there's some there's some brief facts. Um all of the characters as as I said were based on real uh real life and um Jerry who is um Jerry who is ginger, Jerry McGee. Um she, she came to the marriage with one child uh, they had two children together Frank uh, Rosenthal and Jerry had two children together the kidnap scene did happen uh, so she did try and steal the money take the kids and go off with the uh, go off with the Lester Diamond character um, but she then came back and she died unfortunately of a drug overdose so all of the addiction side of things uh, was, was in fact true Um, anyway, on a happier side of things, there's still the shining lights of Vegas in the film.
1: Yeah, I I will say, you know, there's this coda to this movie where Ace is like, and now it's corporatized and how terrible is Vegas now that the big companies have come in? And I'm like, I honestly don't think it's that bad. I don't mind that the cocktail server may not know my name, but that no one's going to take me in the back room and pick out which hammer will most efficiently crush my bones. (laughs) Mm.
0: I don't know, James. What do you think? Um,
2: I've never been to Vegas, but I'd rather not get my bo- I'd rather not get my bones smashed. So,
0: great question though.
1: I mean, this is a recurring Scorsese thing too, though. Is there's just this reverence for the old days and the old guard and respect and how things were done. And I'm like, yeah, I guess so. But as someone who has lived in Vegas a very long time, I'll tell you, I think the version that we have now. Is better for everyone than the version where people are stealing and it's seedy and run by you know underlink or like the mafia.
0: I I'm torn on this. I think I would much rather go back to if you had the if you had the security that you have now, but the Vegas architecture and the buildings and the style that you had. Back in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, I think I would much rather fit in in that kind of kind of box. I mean, I went for my uh tenth web- wedding anniversary in Vegas and got married in the Little White Chapel, uh, for the second time with my wife. And I was um pretty disappointed how it had been let to not to ruin, but it had run it been run down. And I I, I kind of I hunger for the old days.
1: You get a little nostalgic.
0: I love the old days. Was a huge Sinatra fan. Huge Sammy Davis Jr. fan. Huge Dean Martin fan. That's the world I would have lived in.
1: I think the biggest question, James, is what would Ace think of the Grand Theft Auto casino? Ah, uh,
2: um, there's a lot of theft and a lot of a uh, in that casino. So I know maybe he'd he not be in. happy. Oh no,
1: <laughs> Joe Pesci would.
2: What's that scene with the the slot machines when he was having a go at the...
1: Oh, with Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah. Uh, I love love that where he's yelling at him about the jackpots.
2: Yeah, that was an amazing scene, but having that in a GTA casino where you can kind of rig stuff, he would not be happy with it.
0: I have a question for you two. You you both seem to really dislike the length of this film, mainly because it was a Scorsese film. Which scene would you get rid of?
1: I would eliminate at least three scenes where Robert De Niro and Ginger fight because it's the same fight every time. Um, I would eliminate a lot of the violence because I just don't get it. I'm like, I don't really need to see a guy's head pop out, like eyeball pop out on a vice or Mm. he's like, when Nikki is doing his voiceover and we have to see the hole in the wall gang and all of the shootings and stuff, I'm like, why am I watching this? Why do I have a voiceover of a random guy named Frank telling me that he's gonna <laughs> cover up for Joe Pesci? So all of that can go.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll probably echo a bit with Jester. So the stuff with Ginger and Ace, it didn't appeal to me at all. Now you've mentioned about the backstory of Ginger's character, certainly when she was a child, that that should have been shown more than kind of her troubles with Ace, or, yeah, Ace and her marriage. Get rid of that. I'm not a violence fan. Peace, not bullets, flowers, not bullets. That's what they say. Um, But actually the best part of the the film for me was actually learning about how Vegas operated. And I'd love to have had more of that. I'd love to have had more of the gambling commissioners kind of adventure, like kind of interactions with Ace. That would have been so much more better than just brutal violence for just violence sake sometimes. Um, so, I'd have, I would have liked a bit more of that. Uh actually, I would have just cut the time out. Because, again, it was too long. What I did like is, and even though we're worried about the length, the first half of the film built up the operation. And that was cool. And that led to the final, second part of the film, watching everything unravel. I will give Scorsese credit for that because it did kind of work. It could have been shorter, though, and it still would have had the same impact.
0: Do you think it could have been serialized then, like a bit like Kill Bill?
1: My Mm. answer is there is not a movie on Earth that is better because you split it into two movies. Just make your movie shorter. We've done the Bible in three hours. You can cut your movie down.
0: (laughs) Very true. Very true. Get rid of the superfluous stuff. And but there's a line find, in this as,
1: as we do more episodes of this, you'll find my number one complaint with just about every movie is that it's too darn long. Um so that's one that I just have a lot of complaints about in general. So
0: you want an hour and twenty minutes and done, don't you?
1: No, I just if there are plenty of movies that are long that I like because there's a lot to say, I think to James's point, Hearing about how it worked was interesting. Hearing about how it unraveled was interesting. But then there's just kind of an hour in between while we're doing nothing.
0: Kind of brings us back to last week.
1: Here's what we're going to do now. Um, we're going to... This going forward, we're going to have like a winner in the clubhouse, the real deal, the highest roller of the movies. And I don't know where we're going to land on this other than John's side. Was this better or worse than win it all? John, you go first because we know what your answer is. <laughs>
0: I don't know. That's the <laughs> shocker.
1: You don't know if it's better than the movie. You were like, I don't know why this exists. I hate it. I I was know, jumping, look, I feet.
0: know, I know. I said when it all shouldn't have existed, and I know it was really bad, and I know you didn't get any. But I love this film. Don't get me wrong. But and I thought I would be having a very very different conversation with you two wow. about this today. But you kind of have swayed me. I came I came into this from going going, yeah, that was the best thing. And now I'm like, jeez, have I wasted my life? I've watched that I've <laughs> watched that like four times. Crisis. I've watched that film four times. That's almost like a whole day watching that film.
1: But you won't revisit the Irishman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're not sure? I I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I mean it's it's a choice between not great and really bad. So I'm going to say Casino is slightly better than Win It All. And it's my leader in the clubhouse at the moment. Can you sense my thrills about it? <laughs> James, where I, do you land on this?
2: I, again, similar, is slightly better than Win It All. What well, we'll say. If Win It All had just a smidge of a better ending, it would just topple Casino. Topple? Sorry,
1: destroy.
2: (laughs) Sorry, topple may have been the wrong word. No, 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 no. My bad. No, but topple was the worst word to use. No, it would just it it would just top Casino. There we go.
1: Top, okay.
2: That yeah, makes sorry. More sense. Top one was so we sorry. Wrong about, word.
1: Like, we got to go re-record "Win It All" because I had no idea <laughs> that it was this close to being perfection.
2: No, okay, no, so everything was just top.
1: We have two votes for Casino. John, do you think Casino is better than "Win It All"?
0: Yeah, look, everything I said. Uh, I would say, yeah, Casino is is the one, and it's by far. I mean, when it all had so much potential, you just
1: took us on quite the journey. And you were <laughs> like, "I don't know, maybe it is worse." No, just kidding. By far, it's better. No, by but far. But I'm glad you worked but... it. You thought it. No, through. you.
0: You kind of. You kind of pulled me. Pulled me back from literally saying this is the best film I've ever seen. To yeah, okay, it's something. It's something we can. Um, yeah, it's good.
1: All right, I made this quiz before talking to you all, and it is quiz time, but this may be a first. I think we might have answered pretty much every question in this quiz, so we'll see how (laughs) this goes. Um, And then the winner doesn't get to pick the movie, but they do get to pick which side of the coin flip they want uh, as we pick our next film for next week. So lots on the line here. Are we ready? Yes. Okay. James, since you did not win last time, we'll let you answer the first or you can
2: act. No, that, that 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 shouldn't be allowed answer because first? yeah, John's dirty tactics last week is because I answered first.
1: Okay, so you would like John to go first. Please. Okay.
2: Yeah. Let's eradicate these these cheats.
1: <laughs> All right. Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese, as we've noted, have collaborated nine times. And the 10th one is on the way later this year with Killers of the Flower Moon. Which of these collaborations made the most money worldwide? Casino, Goodfellas, Cape Fear, or Raging Bull?
0: Ooh. That's really tough. If you'd thrown Irishman in there as well, that would have been an interesting one. Um, I think it's probably going to be Raging Bull. James? Harry's... Um... So I think I
2: actually I don't know if I know the number for Goodfellas. I think the US launch might have made forty-six that's
1: a very million. Size number you have there.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. I remember when I finished watching it, I was looking it up, and I think Doctor Google helped. I love
1: you that yet. you guys are studying for the quiz now. I'm very
2: no, obsessed. no. Honestly, honestly, yeah. <laughs> like I did some after I watched the film, did some research on it, and I think it was around forty-six, and that, that's what kind of helped pave the way for Casino to be made. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Goodfellas. I'll go with that one. I think John might be right.
0: Can I just reconfirm the question? Is this box office takings or is this overall takings?
1: Worldwide box office.
0: Oh, Domestic and international. Yeah, I've lost this then. All right.
1: The answer is Cape Fear. $128 million Cape Mm. Fear, which I rewatched last night and I... I had previously said the only Martin Scorsese movie I actually really enjoyed was Hugo, but I will add Cape Fear to the list, even though it is a rampant Hitchcock ripoff and a remake of a very good film. So
2: that riverboat sinking sink, scene for me, probably of my age, is oh, are
1: speaking old. in tongues and stuff. I see. I love unhinged De Niro, like in Cape Fear. So it was. I haven't seen it, so
0: spoiler alerts so are left, right, and center. <laughs>
1: Oh man! Okay. I'm gonna to have to watch the you in there. Next question: <laughs> Who gave Don Rickles the nickname Mister Warmth? Was it Johnny Carson, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra, or Ed Sullivan? Jane.
2: Um, uh, I'm gonna go Frank Sinatra just because John did mention they
1: met. All right. Are you in the show, with John.
0: Me? So. Don Rickles was an unofficial member of the Rat Pack, and he was given a different nickname. So unless Sinatra gave him two, remind me the the other options.
1: The other options
0: are... Dean Martin. Johnny
1: Carson, Dean Martin, and Ed Sullivan.
0: It's going to be Johnny Carson.
1: You are correct. It is Johnny Carson. Well done. So I've got to remember what
0: Sinatra called him. Uh,
1: (laughs) I don't know. But if you are ever bored, go watch the the Carson clip where his cigarette box gets broken and he storms across the hall to where Don (laughs) Rickles is filming and yells at him about it. It's delightful. All right. Uh, The Tangiers was allegedly based off the popular Stardust Casino. Which was imploded and built over? What property currently stands on the land where the Stardust was? Is it the Bellagio, MGM Grand, Resorts World, or The Win? John. The Win. Okay. James?
0: I don't know.
2: So I'm going to have some game theory myself and game strategy and go with The Win.
1: The answer is Resort's World. Uh, Stardust was raised in 2007. It was imploded quite some time ago, but the land kind of stood empty for quite a a bit and they only recently opened Resort's World on it. So where is that? Uh, It's down on the kind of north end of the strip across from the wind.
0: That was where the frontier was as well, wasn't it?
1: I think so. There was like a big, for a while, it was like a big pit of nothing from circus, circus to stratosphere.
0: Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: All right. Joe Pesci's character, Nikki Santoro, is based on real life mobster Anthony Spilatro. Over under 30 murders that he was suspected to have been involved in when he died. James, it is your turn to go first. More or less than 30 murders that he was connected to.
2: Um, I'm sure they actually mentioned this in the phone. I'm going to go under.
1: Okay, John?
2: But I feel like I'm wrong. Over.
1: The answer is under. Under.
2: And there's my game.
1: But... Uh, so, he was responsible for somewhere between 22 and 25. Uh, suspected, at least, the police have connected him to. Some say 22, others say 25. So we are tied one to one. And here is the last question. Casino was nominated for a single Academy Award. <laughs> what category <laughs> was it nominated in? John.
0: Do you wanna say this together, James? Yeah, let's go for it. <laughs> one. Show on the count of three. Yeah. Two. Three. three. Best, Best supporting one. actress.
1: You're both wrong. What? No. <laughs> She was the best actress. No. Best actress not supporting.
0: Oh, right. Fair enough. Oh, we look like fools. Yeah, we do. (laughs) We have a
1: tie, and I actually know exactly what the tiebreaker is going to be. I mentioned Killers of the Flower Moon is coming out shortly, or at some point this year. And recently it was announced what the running time of this movie is is we know he makes long movies prices right rules how many mi- how many how long do you think killers of the flower moon is going to be
2: is this in hours or minutes
1: you can do like two hours and 12 minutes or you can do 97 minutes okay. either one
2: two... no it's gonna be longer than that three hours 30 minutes let go with that one
1: okay john
0: thought you were going to let me go first. Three hours and 31 minutes.
1: Okay, I said Price is Right rules, and you're both over. Because oh. it's three hours and 26 minutes.
0: I was actually going to go
1: 3.58. But you know what? I'm going to make an exact decision James. as the quiz master that James wins. Uh, and we're going to throw Prices Right rules out of here. Uh you know what's funny? For a quiz that we said we talked about all of the answers, y'all sure didn't get many of them right, did you? <laughs> I
2: was gonna say the same <laughs> thing.
1: <laughs> I don't understand how you guys failed so hard at this. I was sitting here as we're talking this whole podcast, going, They're gonna we've given half the answers away. This
2: right. pod this podcast is the worst podcast for film buffs. We've said <laughs> Casino is nearly as good as Win It All. (laughs) We couldn't answer the questions that we already talked about in the podcast.
1: Oh my goodness. What is going on? Okay. So this is the momentous occasion, James. I need you to declare Heads or Tails. So? Heads is going to be the Flintstones in Vivo Rock Vegas as our next movie. Tails is going to be lock, stock, and two smoking barrels.
2: I obviously love lock, stock, but I really want us to.
1: Why do you hate us? <laughs> like, why I do really you hate want us to. <laughs> <we're gonna>
2: <laughs> really want us to go to the Flintstones.
1: So you're gonna pick heads.
2: <laughs> so so
0: heads heads yeah we'll go. I heads. really don't want Flintstones.
1: Oh God, it's
0: heads. <laughs> oh, oh no. movie. <laughs>
1: is going to be <laughs> <Yubba-dubba-doo. stones. sighs> <Diva> Las Vegas. <laughs> okay. Well, we hope you join us for this next episode where I'm sure we'll have a gay old time and <laughs> so see you next time on Cinema Reels.